Um, so this morning I'm going to be talking on um, it's a 25 point sermon on the art of barbecuing. So um, <laughs> settle in, guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're in. Okay, good. Um, so whenever, during the summer, I had the absolute privilege and honor of being able to look after I'm a two-year-old um, with my friend and not having spent a lot of time with this two-year-old. I'd only spent a few hours um, with him. It was quite challenging at times because I was maybe making his porridge wrong or I was playing with Spider-Man, I should have been playing with Batman, um, I didn't realise that he was quite grumpy when he was napping, so all this kind of led to a wee bit of a, a face-off between us, and I remember um, one point being on the sofa at half six in the morning, just going, right God, what do I do? <laughs> How do we make this connect? And I really felt like God saying, what I want you to do is I want you to press in, and I want you to push on. I want you to press in and I want you to get to know him. And as the time um, that I spent with him, I realized that, I, that it's supposed to be Spider-Man I'm playing with and not Batman, that he likes four pancakes before he goes to bed at night. That In order to get him up from the nap, we need to play Play-Doh. His favorite color is purple and it's not green. And the more I began to press into him, um, the more I fell in sync with the rhythm of his life. And I got to realize the things that he liked and the things that he didn't like. And that then made it easier for us to push on and do the tasks that I was supposed to do. And I'm just gonna take that thought for about seven and a half minutes this morning and um, look at it in relation to Luke and Zacchaeus. Oh, well, you can't really see that, can you? But um, then Jesus entered, so it's in Luke 19. Then Jesus entered and walked through to Jericho. There was a man there, his name was Zacchaeus, the head tax man, and he was quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today salvation day is, is in the home here. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the son of man came to find and restore the lost. I just want to take some time this morning and look at how that journey went from the tree to the table and how Zacchaeus was um, left. All, all the um, perceptions of him behind to climb up on a tree and ended up being able to fellowship at the table of Jesus. Just to put it into a wee bit of perspective for the tax collectors at that time, as we all well know, um, were not highly favored. But in fact, they were a reminder of the oppression. So every time he came to collect the tax, that was just that wee bit of reminder. That was that salt in the wind of the, of the oppression in the land at that time. They were seen as abusive, gamblers, thieves, who lived promiscuous lives. The fact that it even states that he was quite rich just goes to show the level of corruption that he went to. They would have went, got, put any sum that they needed for the tax and anything else, the surplus, they pocketed themselves. 
And I mean, I grew up in a home with an older brother and an older sister, and it was fair to say that we definitely threw some um, abuse at each other throughout the time, which probably couldn't uh, be repeated. But it says here that they, that tax collectors at that time were seen as beasts in human shape. Well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> like, that tops any name that we ever come up with. Um, and they were seen as having absolutely no hope in society. They were completely ostracized. They were excluded from all religious fellowship, including the temples and the synagogues. And they weren't allowed to have any standing in the court at that time. So here comes the case, carrying all this with him, carrying that corruption and that perception of him. And I can only imagine the internal conversation that went on in his mind at that time. His ears had been filled with the stories and the parable of Jesus, and there was a curiosity that was in his heart that wanted to get to know him, wanted to press in and know Jesus more. But he was carrying all that with him, that tension, that mental dialogue, the push and pull, the curiosity of wanting to know who Jesus was, but then there was the, will I be anchored down by the thoughts that I have? There's so many reasons that could have stopped Zacchaeus climbing that tree. He was maybe feeling not good enough. He was maybe feeling unworthy of such, of such love. After spending a lifetime of rejection, guilt and shame on maybe what he had done in the past and the level of his corruption and afraid of what others would thought. How many times does that maybe resonate with us? That there's that tension, there's that push and there's that pull about how we want to maybe grow close to Jesus, how we want to press in, but there's those thoughts that are pulling us back, those things that anchor us inside us, that stop us from climbing the tree. He had to lose a wee bit of his dignity to do it, his social status. There was a very unwelcoming crowd at that time with him. But there's something quite childlike about Zacchaeus' effort to climb the tree. There was a scammering that was going on. He had to fully press in to, in order for him to satisfy his curiosity. And what's the amazing part of this story is that God saw his efforts. He called him by name and he invited him to fellowship with him. And perhaps that was the first time someone even said his name in such a kind way and such a kind manner. What is it that God is asking us to overcome in order to press into him? What's our tree climb? What's that thing that we need to overcome? What effort is it that God is asking us? Is he asking us to maybe take the brave step to speak to someone about prayer? Is he asking us to maybe participate in something that we haven't done before? Is he asking us to forgive that, that bitterness that we have in our heart, to push aside those negative thoughts and to press into him? What is it that he is asking us that we have to overcome to press into him? Whatever it is, God is there to meet us. In James 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And what's so amazing about this story is that it said Zacchaeus only came and all he wanted to do was just to see Jesus. But yet Jesus is the God that would just completely and utterly exceed all our expectations. He can do exceedingly and abundantly more than what we could ever ask or imagine. And not only did he see Jesus, but Jesus saw him. Jesus called him by name and he invited him into fellowship. And it says the case was stunned by this. God's invitation to come closer is open to anyone, regardless of your status, your lifestyle, your occupation and past, the opinion of others. God just wants to be with his people. 
And that was so different um, in compared to the Old Testament times. And in Leviticus 19, we read about the Day of Atonement, how there was the outline task that the high priest Aaron had to fulfill in order to come into that holy place, that it had to be done with such precision to enter into the holies of holies, that there was sacrifice needed at appointed times. There was the bull, the ram, two goats, an aromatic incense to represent the presence of God. There was the sprinkling of the bull's blood seven times, the goat and the bull that were sacrificed in order to represent the sins of, of Israel. The one goat then released into the wilderness, again to represent the sins leaving. The changing of his linen clothing and his head being covered, him bathing himself after the sacrifices were done. And again, one more burnt offering and the change of the linen clothing. From that meticulously followed specific tasks for the annual deed of going into the presence of the holies and holies. And yet because of what Jesus has done, Zacchaeus was able to climb a tree. And there, Jesus has done everything he possibly can for us to draw near. And there's a bit of a paradox there, because as I read that, I kind of feel a bit of a distant God, a bit of a God that is so holy, that is so reverent, that is so full, that I can't even come into his presence. And yet, because of what Jesus has done in the New Testament, we're under the new covenant and the fullness and that access of God, he draws near to us, that he calls us. And we have that, that ability to come into his presence and still to receive that same fullness, that same holiness. In Hebrews it says, it was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything needed to be done in order for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. The Holy Spirit confirms this. This is the new plan I'm making with Israel, and it isn't going to be written on paper. It, is, it isn't going to be chiseled in stone. This time, I'm writing it out in the plan, and I'm carving it on the lining of your hearts. He concluded, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. Once sins are taken care of for good, there's no longer any need to sacrifice for them. So friends, we can now come without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God, the curtain into God's presence in his body. Jesus has done everything. That is all wiped clean, and all he wants us to do is to press into him, is to draw near to him. And whenever we do that, he is so faithful to meet us not only at our need, but to completely exceed all expectation. This is a picture, um, and it's called Under the Resolute Desk. And it was a picture taken, um, and the first thing that is catching about that is, as you can see underneath, is John Jr., which is JFK's son at that time. And his, his wife, Jackie, didn't like any... Um, pictures being taken of the children, but this one was released after the assassination of um, JFK. And here we can see his son having access to the Oval Office, possibly the most important person at that time, in that place where the most important decisions were made, the war room that was going on, surrounded by security, the only specific people had access to. And here we see his son roaming freely at his feet at the feet of his father. 
and only certain people were allowed to have access into the Oval Office at that time, and it was JFK that obviously granted his son the access to come in, didn't need to go through security, but was able to roam around with freedom because he was his son. No one else had that freedom. No one else had that ability to be able to do that as we see him at the feet of his father. Jesus beckons us to press into his presence. He has given us the access to that intimacy, to that inner place, to that place where he can say, come and sit with me, come and sit at my feet. I have given you, I have granted you that access. And as Zacchaeus did press into Jesus, the kindness of Jesus led him to repentance. And that day he was able to be moved from the tree to sit at the fellowship of the table of Jesus. His curiosity wasn't just satisfied, but it was completely and utterly exceeded his expectations. His needs were met. He was given life, he was given purpose, and he was given a second chance. Not only that, but he found redemption. Redemption was found in the presence of Jesus at that time. His life was completely restored and his hope was able to be rebuilt. Whenever we press in at that time, whenever we press in to the, to the presence of Jesus, it allows us then to be able to push on in the tasks that we have to do. J.I. Packer says this, get near to God, have fellowship with him that we may not settle for a Christian life that is distant, but have a near and a present reality that we experience that type of communion with him. Whenever we have that type of communion with him, whenever we press into him, he is there to meet us at our needs. So whatever it is, it's August and there's something about August. It's the end of the summer and our thoughts always kind of go forward as to what September looks like. And sometimes it's that idea of just taking a deep breath and getting ready. So if you're sitting here this morning and you can already feel the anxiety building up as to what's happening in the year ahead, if you're sitting here and thinking, I don't even know how I'm going to get through tomorrow, let alone the week, let alone the year that I've just had ahead of me. If you're unsure of what, what the year is going to look like, what it's going to bring. If you're sitting here with, with worries of financial status, of health, or anything like that, Jesus is here to meet you at your need. And he can exceedingly and abundantly do more than what you've asked or imagined. If you need the wisdom and the strength and the courage, the faith to push on, will then press into him. And when you do that, your life will become aligned with him and he will give you the strength and the wisdom you need to be able to carry on.